everybody. Marcus Giuliano here, your host of In the Weeds, Real Tales from the Restaurant Industry. And who's joining me today? Uh, yep. Debbie and Gus. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie and Gus, I have two guests on today. This is exciting. Debbie and Gus. Gus, tell, tell us about yourself first. So I am a, uh, I've been a chef for, I think this is uh, 26 years. And uh, Deb and I and my, and Deb's husband, Paul, we're partners in a restaurant in Stone Harbor, New Jersey, Kitchen 330. Awesome. And Debbie, talk a little bit about your background prior to the restaurant, what, what your other, what your other, what you're known for. Um, my name is I'm Debbie Gioquindo, and I'm known as the Hudson Valley Wine Goddess. I'm a certified specialist of wine and a wine location specialist in Port and Champagne. I'm an author, and I'm host of Wine for Vet Street, which is a uh, monthly program online similar to this, um, where we educate you on wine one letter at a time. And uh, I see your tweets go out about that. Yeah. So I do yeah. see that on the, you do promote that on Twitter. So awesome. Yeah. Excellent. So, a chef and a wine expert. Both of you are involved in the restaurant. You're partners in the restaurant. How long yeah. has the restaurant been open? Uh, this was our second season. Second. This is two years. Yeah. We're a seasonal restaurant. Okay. Very, season Very seasonal? Uh, we open around April, and then we just uh, closed. Our last day was last Saturday. Okay. I consider that very seasonal if you close. Yeah. Some people hang in there. Do restaurants in your area hang in there and say okay, or everybody shuts down? They shut down. The town is a pretty much a second home community. Um, there's like nobody there during like from now probably till March. Okay. Like you can, okay. There, there's some people there. You can see the tumbleweed. Okay. <laughs> so Gus, what do you uh, what do you what do you do when the restaurant's closed? Uh, actually, I just take time off. I mean, this year I'm, I'm, I'm looking into doing some, some other things, maybe do some mercenary work for some people. You know, I got buddy, a ton of buddies in, in the business. So, you know, people are always looking for just filling stuff. But I mean, we're also trying to get, you know, private parties over, over the winter and, and that would be fantastic. But, you know, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough selling in uh, Stone Harbor in January, February and March, even to get little private stuff going. So. Okay. But if it, if it was there, you know, I, I would definitely, you know, we're looking to build on that for sure. So what but, I'm hearing here is um, if somebody needs your help in Florida, you'll head to Florida to help them out? Well, <laughs> that depends. <laughs> depends on the price tag. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, lo I'd like to keep it local. But, you know, you never know. If, you know, if somebody had a, a nice catering gig or something, I would do that for sure. Okay. Um, Debbie, and how about you? Oh, what do I do? I what catch do up. I catch up on all my wine writing that kind of went by. You know, I got behind in during uh, during the in season, and um, do some traveling. Excellent. So, describe your roles that you do in the restaurant. Go ahead and you answer that question first, Debbie. What? Uh, um, how often are you there, and what is your role? I am there every night. I am the hostess. And I um, make everybody feel comfortable. I troubleshoot. Um, I do all the social media. I do any advertising that we may do. I do all the books. Um, that's pretty much what I do. Awesome. And then, uh, Gus, I take it you're in the kitchen? In the kitchen, yes. So, uh, 
everything, you know, prep work, pantry work, uh, hiring staff. Good thing. Okay. Uh, You mentioned staff. Yep. You mentioned staff. So across the nation, people are saying it's so hard to get staff. Yeah. It's impossible. It's okay. So you're in, you're in the same boat. Yes. You're in the same boat. Have you done anything to, 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 that you found successful to recruit staff? Uh, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different of an animal, I think down here. Um, because it's so seasonal, it's hard to get the talent pool is very small. So the big, there are some restaurants that stay open year round, but they're about 20 minutes away from us, but they have the kind of market on the real talent, you know, cause they're, they are 365 day a year operations. So it's really word of mouth down here, you know, knowing people that, that just know somebody else that is looking for a job or, or, you know, cousins, brothers, very word of mouth down here. I mean, we use the local, I guess, would we do probably indeed, indeed we've used a little bit. I, I don't know. We've done we've, Facebook, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. I mean, I've gotten servers off Facebook. Sure. Ads. Yeah, any 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 trick to a headline, any anything that that you found to be successful? Not no. really. Yeah, that's the tough part. I know it's staffing is and grabbing people. Facebook recently changed because I used to be able to drop right into their inbox. You still can, but in a roundabout way. But I used to be able to target right in their messenger. At amazing mm-hmm. open rates, and it was great. And they kind of switched that up, and and I'm still placing ads ads for people. Um, but yeah. you know, you have, you have to kind of like. It, 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 you have to let them buy in and trick them into getting it, it's it, not trick them into working but tricking them into like getting them to like oh here's a quiz who knows if this is a t-bone steak or a cowboy steak and then you, we kind of weed them out from there by giving a quiz and saying oh you know something about food or you must be a professional cook and this and that and if they say yes or no so then we go in and we target them in facebook through messenger and we weed them out really quick, and it's really cool. So there's all kinds of cool technology, but I've had great luck with Indeed too. But basically, you're in the same boat as everybody else in the country. There's yeah. no, you know, it's it's that that's a common theme. So, Debbie, you um, you're big on wine because I've yeah. known you, and I've, that's how I first met you. I met you over a decade yeah. ago, um, and we've done some things together. You've had me be a judge at that uh, Hudson Valley Food and Wine Festival, which is a fantastic, amazing mm-hmm. event. So. Let's talk about wine in the restaurant. You're in Jersey. We're are Jersey. you are you BYO. You're BYO. BYO. So I thought, well, how can we first of all, how can we have wine dinners? You know, I really want we really wanted to have wine dinners. Gus has got a great palate and he's great at the pairings. And so I talked to the ABC and there was a way around it and she's led me to the right area of the website so I could print it. And I walked three doors down to the liquor store and um, showed Jim how we could work together and have wine dinners. So basically the wine portion of the dinner has to be paid by the consumer to the liquor store. And since we are BYO, the liquor store will deliver the wine the night of the dinner. Beautiful. So, and, and that wine or beer, um, beer, it'll go through the brewery, but, but so the night of the dinner, the wine, they, 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 they chill. It's great. They chill all the wine that needs to be chilled. They come over, they, they drop the wine 
and we have a wonderful wine dinner. That is amazing. So, I, I, I know knowing you being in the wine world as the Hudson Valley wine goddess, uh -huh. um, with you without wine would be a little bit of a, you know, an oxymoron. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, if anybody could figure it out, I figured it would be you. And of yes. course, I follow your social media because you're very big on social media. Yes. You've built a great following. You have a lot of engagement. You have a great community on social media. So we're going to talk about that as well. So I figured if anybody were to do it, you'd be able to do it. Yes. I also found um, as um, many uh, New Jersey restaurants, they carry local wine, New Jersey wine. And um, New Jersey, the wineries are allowed a certain number of outlets. And um, most of the wineries here have their outlets maxed. And in a conversation with my partner on Winefabet Street, uh, Lori Budd, who owns Dristina Wines from Pasta Roblos, she actually has a non-New Jersey winery license. And that allows her the benefits of a New Jersey winery, which means she can have an outlet. Uh. So we carry her Syrah and Cab Franc in our restaurant and it's affordable. No, you know, it's $30 for the Rosé, the Rosé of Syrah, it's $40 for the Cab Franc and the Cab Franc Reserve, when we carry that, it's $48. So it's very comparable as if they walk next door to Fred's and bought Whispering Angel. Um, beautiful, beautiful. So, so do, you, do you still allow people to bring a bottle in? Oh yes, absolutely. Okay. And a lot of customers actually will ask me before they come what they, we would, I would suggest, you know, to bring. Like I had a customer Friday or Saturday that wanted, was coming in for our filet special. She said, what wine should you bring? And I said, uh, a land Tempranillo from Spain would go great no matter, you know, if your partner orders something different. Great. All right. So um, you two run the business together. Yeah, with Paul. With Paul, okay. What's one thing you two do not agree on? <laughs> I don't this, know. This, there's this not, there's not much. I mean, I mean, I think in the beginning for me, uh, you know, a lot of the the social media stuff for me is is very foreign to me. You know, so I've like, uh, I guess building. You know, like in the, you know, some questions that you had sent us, you know, before we were going to do this, you know, one was what's more important, the marketing or the food, you know, and many years ago, early in my career, I had worked for someone who didn't put any money into marketing because his theory was, if I market it hard and we don't have, we can't handle the business that I wasted money on marketing, you know, and, uh, so I think over time, you know, I've learned that it's hand in hand, right? If you don't have good food, it doesn't matter if you get them in there. But if you have great food, no one knows about it. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. So, way, you know? Yeah. So I remember having a conversation um, with you guys a couple, a couple, two years ago or so. Yeah. About this. And so this chef that you worked for years ago, how many years ago was that? Oh, uh, this was probably 2098, 98, 99, okay, so, so many, many years ago. Everything has changed drastically since then, Sure. right? The way we communicate our whole society has changed drastically. Is that yeah. person? But also the social media marketing, it's, it's, it's marketing, but it's building relationships. And 
I see so many other restaurants that use it for one way. There's no, there's no engagement. And whether it's engagement publicly on the forum or privately, you know, um, what and, you I mean, just said relationship building. is so key, Debbie. That's long-term strategy. Mm -hmm. Most yeah. people don't understand long-term strategy. They're short-termers. Get them in the door that night and don't yeah. worry, then go fish a new pond again. And yeah. it drives me crazy. People are on your page for a reason. People are engaging with you for a reason. They like you. They're going to come back yeah. into you. Why, would, why do you want to go out and start the whole process over again 100% of the time? Yeah. That is so key. So thank you for understanding that. Thank you so much. Um, it drives me crazy when I see people waste money on Facebook ads, on Facebook, on time. It drives me crazy. And then they turn around and say, Facebook doesn't work. And I said, Facebook isn't broken. It's not broken. There's a reason why Zuckerberg is a billionaire. There's a reason why, um, you know, and it works. It's, it's amazing. What I love Facebook. I love Facebook ads. They're so insane. Insane what you can do. And they keep changing things to make it even better for us. Um, but, you know, years ago, Doug, I was in your situation. I worked for chefs in the 90s. And they would claim I do no advertising. Well, no, nobody else is doing advertising either. Right, so, so if they're all everybody's in the same boat. Either you're placing a big ad in in a magazine, or you're all just you know hoping that your regulars wouldn't get distracted somewhere else. And of course, they probably weren't because they weren't didn't have this in them, didn't have this in their pocket. So things have drastically changed. So so Doug, you you've come around to the social media realm. Do you do you, do you say you understand it, or you just understand the benefits of it? No, I understand. I mean, I understand it for sure. I mean, it is about relationships. And it is the it is the long the long game that you're trying to play because that's really what you have to rely on. Where we're at is in any business is is those regulars. They are your bread and butter. So you know, Deb does a great job with it. She has from the start. You know, and awesome. it, it definitely helped us out. In the, it, it's helped us out along the way, but I mean, it really helped in the beginning. You know, starting off. Do you have any goals coming up for this new new year? Um, for whether it's social media or whether in the restaurant in general, any big goals, any, anything that's on the big top three that you want to accomplish this next year? I think for, for, for staff, staff, you know, I really need to focus on getting kitchen staff. I, uh, the first year we, we had some, and then, you know, this past season, it was, it was very tough. So staff is a big thing for me. So do you think, because I'm in the same situation you are, and a lot of, lot of people I speak to, and I hear a lot of chefs saying, you know, I just have to keep making my menu easier. How do you feel about that? No, I don't, I don't. see. That's, that's the thing about our place is that it is a 44-seat restaurant, and my whole, I guess, concept from the get-go was with 44 seats, I can handle – I can handle – doing 60 70 covers with one other person if i if i have to you know and so simplifying it it's not that's never really been my thing i guess i'm not going to i'm not going to simplify the menu because we don't have people qualified people that can do it i'll just we'll to, you know we can i can control it you know awesome. for the most part i mean it is a grind in the middle of the summer for sure you know it's hundred days of Saturday nights, basically. That's, that's the, the shore, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't believe in that change your, uh, you know, 
make your menu for the people that you have. I, I don't know. I just, I don't really agree. Good with for that. you. Good for yeah. you. Good, good for you. Debbie, anything that's exciting yeah. that you want to, that you want to work on, develop, getting, grow? I want to try and get a more of the uh, private events. Okay. And B is also, we saw this year a, um, and it wasn't just us. It was the other restaurants in the town as well as, as other restaurants in the County, uh, decline in weekday visits, weekday customers yeah. in the heat of the summer. So I don't know if it's the economy because somebody today I was having a discussion with said that just shows that's the economy, but, um, trying to draw people from the mainland over across the bridge to, to the Island. Okay. All right. So more. Kind of like, you know, going over the bridge, over the mountain to see you. <laughs> All right. So two more questions. Um, what's been one of the biggest, let's, let's not, I don't like to say the word failures, but what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned um, in the last two years in the restaurant industry? Uh, I think it's from, for me, it's just a, a re reiteration of, of, uh, you know, you, you're, uh, the, it, it's very weather bearing down here and you got to consistency. I guess that's really the lesson that I, you know, it's gotta be consistent and, uh, you know, you gotta keep, I, I, I don't really, it, there really hasn't been many, many failures, you know, it's been, we've been ever, very fortunate in that way, I guess. I will say yeah. one of the things that I learned. So if, if I was in Hudson Valley doing this, it would be a lot different because I know people here. I didn't have that network. So I think as far as negotiating a lease, uh, the attorney we used was not good, and he was somebody from my BNI that I had belonged to. Um, I don't think he did us justice and with negotiating lease and stuff and things like that. Um, I think that um, it could have been done better to, to our advantage. I, I don't think that we got the best that we could have gotten, um, but there's always you know renegotiation time when that comes up. Um, I'm all that more wiser and through the customers of the restaurant, I know a lot more people in a lot more different fields that are able to help us. Great. So networking. Yeah. You yeah. networking. That's great. So I'm not a lease expert, but here's the one thing that I've learned. Never sign like a five-year lease, a 10-year lease, a seven. You sign a five-year and three-month, five-year and nine-month because you want to plan it where you end the lease after your busy season's over, not before the busy season starts. Right. So that's the one thing I know about leases. That's my two cents on leases. <laughs> so it's helped, a lot, it's helped a lot of people out and they said, yes, that makes sense. So there you go. But you can hire leash negotiators and people don't realize that. And these guys are experts yeah. and they can really save you. I mean, they're worth every penny you pay for them. Yeah, I met one on a plane. I met one on a plane coming back from, I don't know, wherever I was somewhere last year. Excellent. Yeah. All right. So the last question is for you, Debbie, how important is a good wine list, a decent wine list? 
and what is like one or two things that a restaurant can do just to stand out to be a little different than the liquor store down the street, the restaurant down the street, or the chain restaurant? Well, first of all, I think um, don't let the distributor make your wine list. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and don't go for all the mainstream big wines. Go different. There's a lot of good boutique type of wineries um, or smaller producers that produce some really awesome, awesome wine. And their price points are probably just as in the same ballpark as the big ones that the distributors are pushing. If not, they might even be better. Um, and, and go with grapes that maybe people don't normally hear about, like a Gruner Ventliner. Gruner is great with oysters, you know? So, you know, not necessarily a high acid Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Try them on a, a Gruner Ventliner. Um, you know, just kind of grapes that, you know, don't be afraid to get in their grapes that nobody's really heard about. Um, Love that. Love because when I go out, it's educate me, show me something different. Yeah, have a Sauvignon Blanc from Uruguay. Yeah, yes, yes. Show me. I, I'll go to Wisconsin on 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 a conference. I'm like, what am I drinking? What's local? It might not be good, but I want something different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever. I so I I want the restaurant to to tell me this is this. I want to be told what to drink a lot of times, and I know every yeah. restaurant's not set up like that, but I think restaurants can do a lot better job with just not having 